Okay, I'm gonna need about 12 volunteers. And these volunteers really don't have to say anything. You're representing a grade level. So the volunteers that I need are very specific. I need a first grader, a second grader, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12th grader. So if you feel like you are one of those grades, come up and find the appropriate chair. Good job, good job. If we have a multiple fifth grader, you can just have a seat, it's all right. You can represent there. We just wanna make sure we have every grade completed. You're in that back corner. <laughs> oh, you can still come and sit with us. They said no. All right, this is a fun, fun thing. You can have a seat right here. Tell me your grade. Second, what grade? Undecided, kindergarten, have a seat. You can still be up here even though the seats are full. Okay, it is back to school, back to church day. So welcome to the classroom of Chapel Roswell. Today, I am going to teach you the most important education there is, 90s trivia. Okay? So, I don't think you're going to know the answer to these questions, but I think people around us will. Raise your hand if you were born in the 90s. Raise your hand if you graduated high school in the 90s. Yep, me too. Raise your hand if you were married in the 90s. Nice. So, see, we've got people who were around in the 90s, so we're going to be okay. First things first. Friends, what is this? This is how we got around in the 90s. We did not have those fancy things you use now. Ways and things. All right. Another question. Who likes video games? Do you think people in the 90s played video games? Kind of a Nintendo. I think that counts. Okay. Do you know that in the 90s, an astronaut went to space and played a video game? True. And guess what that 90s video game was that played in space? If you live in my house, you cannot answer. Oh, that would be a good one, but no. Anybody else? Mario, that's a good one too. No? Yes? Dr. Mario? Dr. Mario? You're close. What is it? Tetris. Tetris was the video game first played in space. If you worked in the 90s, guess what you were going to get every hour? About $4. Yeah, I know. Another question. What is this? This is not a Game Boy. Very good. It's a scientific calculator, but it's not just any scientific calculator. It is mine from the 90s. And guess what? Scientific calculators look exactly the same. No change. All right, friends. What is this? 
This is a video thing. Not a DVD. It's a movie. It's a tape. You're getting closer, hotter. <laughs> this is a VHS, right? This is how we watched movies back in the old days of the 90s. You had to have a special thing to play this. This movie actually is one of my favorites, favorite franchises. It's Star Wars. And this particular movie, one, two, and three, came out in the 90s. But, friends, do we know the highest grossing movie from the 90s? The Titanic. Yes, the Titanic. All right, are you ready for your... You wouldn't, yeah. You haven't watched... You should... Okay. It's a music player, a music box. And guess what we played? Cassette tapes. Yeah. And you know what we made? Mixed tapes. That's right. You have a playlist. We had our mixtapes. Yes, we made them for people we liked, people we out with. We made them for road trips. Anybody make a, a mixtape? Yeah. Take your mixtape with you. That was the cool thing to do. All right. I'm going to pretend. I'm going to hit. I'm going to stick this in here. And if I hit play you would hear the most amazing 90s music ever. So what we're going to do is we're going to pretend like we just hit play, and I'm going to see who knows these songs on my mixtape. All right. <laughs> That's a good one. Everybody knew it like almost that way. Okay. I am going to fast forward and hit the next one. Okay, what, what hand motion goes with the Titanic? From the Titanic and the next one? What's the next one?
And we have learned today that that's actually about what? The day the baby was, his baby was born. That's right. Good job, everybody. Nicely done. Nice, nice. All right. I'm going to let you make your way to your seats now, back to your pews, but I'm going to give you a little present for coming up and hanging out. I'm going to give you sunglasses. And do you know why I'm giving you sunglasses? Another throwback? Because your future's so bright, you got to wear shades, right? Yeah. Okay. What's that? All right, go ahead. You can get your glasses. Go back to your pew. If I don't have enough for everybody, I'll make, okay. I, will, I will make sure you have them before you leave. So come see me, and I will get you one before you leave. Good job. We have, there's a parent here. Okay, you got him. We have had a lot of fun this summer. Because this summer, for the whole summer, our theme has been throwback. And part of what's been so fun about throwback is everyone's interpretations of it. (laughs) When I said we were doing throwback, some people thought I was talking about the 40s. Some people thought I was talking about the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Based on your age and your experience, your interpretation is different. I remember when I was talking about throwback too, a friend of mine said, he's like, well, when I think about throwback, he said he remembered December 31st, 1999, and all the nerves and all the worries about what would happen in the year 2000. And he said his biggest worry and concern was all of a sudden he was going to have to tell his children he was born in the 1900s. Throwback means a lot of different things. I think recently our world has changed within an instant. Within a day, we had to interpret everything around us in a new way. And a lot of the times, people now are thinking about time as pre-COVID. Oh wait, did that happen before COVID or after COVID? That's kind of become a new throwback. Along the way, things change, they evolve, our experiences are different, and so our interpretations of words are different. And because of that, words have changed. The meanings of words are different. And whether you like it or not, there are words that are sensitive, there are words that are trigger words, there are new definitions to things and new boundaries that we should keep. Things are changing and evolving constantly. With our cell phones, with our phones now, we have to interpret a whole new world of text messages. They, text messages, I don't know, punctuation doesn't exist as much. Capitalization is different. Letters are left off. We're having to reinterpret the way we're communicating with one another. But there's one thing that we have been arguing about the interpretation of for a long time, over decades, no matter what decade you pick, over centuries, no matter which century you pick, we have been arguing and interpreting one thing 
over and over again. What is it? The Bible. Everyone interprets scripture differently. And scripture actually talks about it. This summer, we've been following the gospel of Luke. If you haven't been here or you missed a Sunday, you may not have noticed that we've been following Luke. And so today, we're going to do the same. We're going to keep reading in Luke. And I'm reading to you from chapter 12. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, oh, there's going to be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? So here we have in scripture, a person looks out the window. This person understands patterns sees the cloud coming toward them, runs out into the village and says, y'all be careful, it's going to rain today. The pattern says that the winds and the clouds are coming. And of course, later that day, it rains. We have someone look out the window another day and because they know the pattern, they see that the clouds have already passed their city. And so they run out and say, we have no cloud coverage today, so it's going to be a hot one, people. And what happens? The people in the town are amazed. Wow, you could read the clouds. You must be a prophet. What I hear in the scripture is way back in olden days. People didn't Do you know how many times I hear in my house or my work, or with my friends, they'll look out the window and go, huh, it's raining. It's not supposed to be raining. My phone said it wasn't going to rain today. I paid for this app. It is not supposed to be raining. A lot of the times we get so caught in what a social media post, or a friend, or some other person in our lives tells us how to interpret something. Wow, what a prophet. What Jesus is saying, it is so easy to see what is in front of you without really understanding what is happening. It's a question of interpretation. And of course... There are a lot of interpretations about this particular passage. What is it that Jesus is asking us to interpret in the present time? What's he talking about? And a lot of people have a lot of different ideas. Some people think that Jesus is saying, 
you all, I have been telling you I am the Messiah and you still don't believe me. You think I'm just one of those other false prophets among you. Can you not see me? I am right here. Another interpretation is that Jesus has been going from town to town, but he hasn't been going the right way. And so this interpretation says people are looking to the wrong directions for Jesus because he is going right to the cross in Jerusalem. And the Gospel of Luke points to that. His geographical location doesn't make as much sense, but if you know where he's headed, you understand that Jerusalem is his goal. His face is at Jerusalem. So the interpretation says you need to stop paying attention to the directions. Another interpretation of this, which is really fun, I like, is that Jesus is just a troublemaker. Now, you've been in school at some point. You know that they're troublemakers. You probably already have a mind, like a name right now. I know who that was. One interpretation says that Jesus here is just being one big troublemaker. He's making trouble for the religious leaders. And you know why? Because Jesus is going around and he's performing miracles for the wrong people. And is teaching things on the wrong day. And he's claiming truths of the wrong things. So he's making trouble for the church and for the world and for all those important people. So you have this man and he's going from town to town claiming that he is the son of God. And he's actually dividing people against one another. And then he's drawing these crowds and then he's making these political statements and he's telling people that maybe they may not be right. All of a sudden, you have an interpretation that says Jesus is a little bit of trouble because ultimately Jesus is saying, I am your interpretation of your story and you're stuck on the weather. When I was a kid, I was a very literal thinker, especially in first grade. I remember in first grade, my mom told me to go check the mail. So I walked down my driveway, I found the mailbox, I opened up the lid, looked in, put the lid back, went right back up to the front door, walked back in, my mom was standing there and I said, hey, Mail's here. She said, well, where is it? I said, well, it's still in the mailbox. You didn't tell me to get it. I needed somebody to tell me the next step. Jesus, in this passage, is suggesting to these religious leaders into the world, I am your next step. But sometimes our literal interpretation doesn't allow us to see it. We think we know what we see, but we don't understand what's happening. This past week, 
I went to a family promise meeting. Family Promise, in case you don't know, it's a wonderful nonprofit. We have part of the Family Promise right here in North Fulton. And Family Promise is a nonprofit that helps families who are homeless. It's always with children, always involves children. And the parents are either actively seeking employment or actively employed. And Family Promise is not a shelter. It's actually more of like a collection of faith communities, of churches and synagogues. And all of these faith communities open their doors to Sunday school classrooms. And the families actually live in those Sunday school classes for a week at a time. And they move every week from church to church to synagogue to church to synagogue. And when they're there, people have to prepare for them. So we have volunteers that actually clean the sheets, get the sheets ready, put the cots up, do the shopping, make the meals, sign up to spend the night and be their host. It's a really big, important week. To give you an idea, when we as a church host Family Promise, which we do four weeks a year, we host them in our youth building, our Dodd, who's named after Malone Dodson, one of the pastors of our church. Malone Dodson died this past week, and so we continue in his memory ministries that have been started when he was here. And so to give you an idea, we're in the Dodd with our family promise families. And they live in the Sunday school classrooms where our youth gather. Well, here I am at this meeting and it's for clergy who host our families. And I heard an amazing story. This one pastor said that he happened to be walking in the hallway of his church when the families arrived. And this one family was a mom and three girls. And they went right up to the door of their Sunday school classroom that was assigned to them. And they knew it was theirs because of all the balloons. A volunteer had decorated this whole door for the family. All these balloons and there were welcome signs with all the kids' names on it. And one of the names said, Welcome Home Tiffany. And Tiffany was standing behind her mother and the mother opened the door. And Tiffany peeked around and said, what part of the classroom is ours? And the mom said, I don't think you understand. This whole room is ours. And Tiffany said, you mean we get this whole classroom all by ourselves for a whole week? And the mom said, yeah. And Tiffany said, mom, this is more room than we've had in months. Tiffany ran to a corner, got all of her stuff out of her bag, and she made her own little area. She ran right back to her mom and said, mom, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be late for my game. You got to get me back. Tiffany was a high school cheerleader in one of the North Fulton high schools. You may think you see something in front of you, but you may miss what's happening. You may think you know what homelessness looks like, but there's so much more happening. 
You may think that your literal interpretation is right, but there might be more there. You may think you know what this next school year is going to bring, but there's so much more. And we need to make sure we are on alert so that we can use this experience this next year to interpret our faith. Whether you go to school or not, there's just something about this time of year that begins to order our lives. (laughs) It feels more routined all around. And I know for me, as a parent, it's starting to feel more normal because guess what? I got to go to a face-to-face open house. I got to go to an in-person orientation. And you know what else I'm getting every day? Papers. (laughs) And on those pieces of paper, do you know what I'm reading? All the things that children can do for the year. All of a sudden, everything is opened back up and you can do it all. And there's a lot. Because I think they kind of added double of everything. In other words, this is the time decide the weather. And I'm reminded of summer camp. And I'm reminded of a teenage girl that went to summer camp. And she was standing on the dock. And a group of her friends were on the other side of the dock. And they were on a towel. And they were all just in a circle talking and visiting. And they go, hey, come hang out with us. And then she looked over in the water. And there were a whole group of friends of hers in a paddle boat. And all of them said, hey, come hang out with us. And the girl stood there on the dock that was kind of moving. And she was kind of moving over to the boat and kind of moving over to her friends. And she didn't know what to do. And know what she did? She fell in the water and she got her hair wet. It was horrible. This is the time of year when we have to make decisions. And they're hard decisions. This is the time of year when God is going to ask us, to pick. We're going to have to pick people and we're going to have to pick events and we're going to have to pick meetings and we're going to have to decide our time. Because if we don't make these decisions, what's going to happen? We're going to fall in and get our hair wet later. This is the time of year where it's really important to make those good decisions Because later on, we're going to be a little stressed out. I'm reading this book, and it's an incredible book. It is incredibly sad and incredibly beautiful and incredibly hysterical. And if you want to know more about it, catch me after Chapel Roswell. I'll tell you more. It's a memoir. And she's writing about her life. And all of the things that she thought she needed to do to make it feel complete. She's filling up her life and trying to remember all the different tasks that she needs to do to make herself feel successful and finished. 
And guess what? She's getting nervous about it. She's getting stressed out. So she goes to a friend and the friend tells her the story. And you may have heard this story. It's all about how they're a group of hikers. And they've decided to go on a six-month hike. And so they put in their backpacks everything they need for six months. Anything and every little detail they might need. And so here they are with their backpacks stuffed. So they don't have to make stops. They don't have to go anywhere. Everything they need is on their back. And her friend said, you know, it's really, really heavy very They began to get hunched over. And they said the most important thing that they did was they made a stop in the beginning of their hike. And the first stop was the most important because they decided what they didn't need. They took the time to take something out and make their backpack a little lighter. I offer that today because I'm wondering here in the beginning of this new school year, what is it that we're carrying around? What is it that we're holding on to? And how is it that Chapel Roswell can be a place where you dock? How can your time of worship and your time as a community and a time of prayer be that dock for you to help you make those hard decisions? And maybe even to help you not feel so literal in everything. What is it, what preconceived idea, what judgment can you take off and leave behind so that you can see what's really available in front of you? What is it that you can take out of your backpack so you can help someone else take something else out of theirs. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, so incredibly thankful for this day. We are thankful for the way that you offer care for us. And we are thankful for the way that you tend to us. So grant us in this day a sense of renewal so that we may begin the week ready to reword our agendas, to reprioritize so that we can see you. And Lord, help us this week not to use social media as a guide or default, but may we use it as a check for friends, a place of healthy celebration and sharing of lives. And Lord, may we not create some false of our own ego, but help us away so that we can interpret right in front of us. And Lord, we know that we are surrounded by a cloud of 
witness it. And so we thank you for each of them. And we are so joyful for all of the work that all of our teachers and all of our administrators, all of our Sunday school class leaders, we are so thankful for the spirit that they have poured into us. And may we begin to pour into others so that the joy that we have had and give us creative energy through it all for this next year. Those Lord who need encouragement, provide it through a friend. For those who need a hand held, provide one. For those who are waiting for death, will you bring compassion? For anyone who's waiting for reconciliation, will you bring your assurance of it? And for those who are waiting anxiously for something or someone, may you just bring a sense of bless this community Chapel Roswell may together we be united and stronger so that more of your people know your love and your grace we pray all these things in the name of the one who is the Messiah Amen alright if you came on stage as to represent one of our grade levels. I want you to come back and I want you to bring all your other friends who are going to school. We're gonna do a blessing of all of our educators and all of our students. If you have your backpack, you can bring it, but you don't have to. So if you are a student or you feel like you're a student, come on. Just fill up every empty space. Come on. Nice, nice, all right. If you are a teacher, I'm gonna ask you to stand where you are. If you work anywhere in higher education or school of any kind, doing anything, faculty, administrative staff, I want you to stand so we can recognize you and pray for you. And I also wanna say thank you so much for coming to Chapel Roswell's classroom today. I am gonna have a blessing over you. And I want you then, um, our band's gonna sing after that. And then you know what you get to do? You get to come to my desk and get a pencil so that you can have a number two pencil ready for all of your standardized testings. And you can grab a sticker, a backpack sticker. They're right there behind you and you can stick it on a water bottle or your laptop, your backpack, your hand sanitizer, whatever you wanna do it on, okay? So you can get a sticker and a pencil. Okay. Let's have a moment of prayer for our teachers and our tutors and our administrators and our students. Gracious and holy Lord, here in the beginning, we offer thanks for this new opportunity that you have in the lives of all those standing and those forming. We Awarding for them and be with them as they face any new challenge. May anything be anything that measure up 
or feel like a failure, may they use it as an experience to teach them more. And Lord, be with all friendships, things, and in their growing, so they may exceed and surprise themselves. And Lord, forever. To those students who are setting up dorm rooms, be with them. And for all of the adults and families that we represent, be with them as well. A healthy dose of patience as we begin this new year. And Lord, bless the technology that you that will be only a symbol of positivity. And will you bless every new face they see? May that just be one more person of friendship. And Lord, may their backpacks not be too heavy. We pray all these things in the name of your son. Amen. Amen. Okay, friends, go ahead. You can grab your pencils. You can grab your stickers and make your way back. And I would remind you too that there are different ways that you can give and be a part of the lives of the children that you see in front of you. And ways that you can give on the screen. You maybe a little bit later. And you can go online text and you can get. Okay. There are more? There are more right there. Good job. All right, I invite you now to stand.